0: And it looks like apparently we are live. Hello everyone out there and Facebook and YouTube and wherever else you might be watching this. Not sure where you might see it, but at least those two places. Welcome to TW. Now It's great to be here again. Our topic today, extremely current. Uh, In fact, many of you are watching the news, you're watching the weather, trying to understand what is coming your way. Uh, It's titled Disaster Upon Disaster, Hurricanes, Earthquakes, and More. Uh, And we know you're going to be interested in this particular topic. And we've been looking forward to talking about this. I've talked with actually the two gentlemen here at the table a little bit about these things already. I hope you'll help me welcome our guest. Uh, To my far right is Mr. Gerald Weston. He's the presiding evangelist of the Living Church of God and also a fellow presenter on the Tomorrow's World program. Uh, Sitting between us is Dr. Doug Winnale, also been here on the show before. Uh, He is not only a minister with our church, he's the actual director of our church administration, the Living Church of God, and as well a professor at Living University. My name is Wallace Smith, and I am a presenter on the Tomorrow's World program and the managing editor of the Tomorrow's World Publications. I had to remember what that was uh, just a little bit. It took a while. Uh, Again, welcome to the program. We do want to jump right into it. Irma is coming. We know Irma is coming. We know many of you know that Irma is coming. It's on the news constantly, and why wouldn't it be? A monster storm. Really terrifying, considering its proportions. But before we get to Irma, I'd like to talk about Harvey first, because believe me, if we have viewers in Houston in the area, you certainly have not forgotten about Harvey. Uh, Massive flooding. I'd like to ask the gentleman here at the table, do you know anybody in the Houston area? I, mean, I grew up in Texas. I, I, I know there's, there are people there that are friends of mine. Any of you, do you have any stories that you know uh, related to Harvey and the flooding there?
1: One of our ministers lives there, and in communications with him, he was just mentioning an awful lot of water. Uh, he said they were blessed in a way because they didn't have a lot of wind around Houston. And because the uh, soil was so wet, that if they'd had wind with that, there would have been even more damage because it would have blown the trees over. And they were still without power, though.
0: Wow, really? <clears throat> That's pretty rough. I, uh, I, Growing up in Texas, living in the Dallas area, we never faced any floods of any sort. We had tornadoes a lot. I've lived through several tornadoes but uh, gratefully never been through a hurricane. It's not on my bucket list. I don't plan on going one through one. If I can avoid it, I don't plan on doing one anytime soon. Uh, But we do want to jump to Irma real quickly because right there on the horizon literally on the horizon for some people out there. Uh, The Washington Post had an article asking a question. This is actually updated September 7th, 2017. How big is Hurricane Irma? Let me just read the beginning of the article. It says, Irma's maximum sustained winds were measured at 185 miles per hour Tuesday. Only one Atlantic Ocean storm in recorded history has exceeded that level. Hurricane Allen, which slammed into Mexico and Texas in 1980, had top wind speeds of 190 miles per hour. About 400 miles wide, Irma is significantly larger and, at least for now, a bit more powerful than Hurricane Andrew, which devastated parts of South Florida in 1992. Andrew's top sustained winds were 175 miles per hour as were Hurricane Katrina's in 2005. Clearly a monster storm. If you could call something a Godzilla storm, I think this, this might be it. I actually read an interesting article in Wired right before this program that the uh, nice gentleman in the control might be able to put up uh, asking a question about Hurricane Irma. Hurricane Irma, it says, a practically impossible storm. It called Hurricane Irma, a practically impossible storm that September 7th, 2017, where they talk about the, uh, the theoretical model they use for hurricanes in terms of all the forces that make a hurricane. How big can you possibly get? How powerful can a hurricane possibly get? And they can't believe that Hurricane Irma seems to be approaching that kind of limit, Uh, possibly the largest uh, storm that could conceivably even occur as they understand things. And I want to remind our viewers, if you've been watching the news, there are three, I have an ugly picture here uh, of three hurricanes, but there's actually three they're keeping an eye on, not only Irma, but Katya in the Gulf growing right now, and Jose as well. Looks like Africa's just thrown three snowballs, if you will, at the United States. That said, let me turn to our panelist here and ask, is God doing all of this? Let's just jump right into that question. Is God actually doing this? Are these three three hurricanes or snowballs that God has thrown at us? Uh, Or is it just what we should expect? Uh, If you would give us some insight, we'd appreciate it.
2: Well, I'll jump in on that, uh, start out here. I think we have to look at a number of different factors. First of all, uh, this is a natural phenomenon as, as we understand it in our world today. Hurricanes have been around a long time. There was one that uh, killed somewhere between six and 12,000 people in Galveston in 1900. Mm. Uh, that was a good long time ago, well over 100 years ago. Uh, so we have to balance the fact that we have the, these natural phenomena, tornadoes, hurricanes and so forth, and, and look at it from a historical perspective. Uh, We we often look at things for the last 10 years or even 100 years, but we don't have records going back uh, 500 years or 1,000 years other than uh, some things, earthquakes, we we can discern from the geology. But also we have the factor that God does say in his word that if we uh, obey him, he will bless us when it comes to weather, and if we disobey, he's going to take away uh, good weather from us. He's going to make our... Our uh, heaven like, uh, how does he put it, uh, bronze or something like that. Uh, I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. That's in Leviticus 26. So we have to kind of balance the the historical uh, fact of these natural, as we call them, phenomena with what the Bible does say. And God has often used this type of event to uh, wake people up. Hmm. All right.
1: You know, it's also interesting whenever we mention even the question, is God involved in this? And today, uh, this sounds like a strange question, uh, because we have been educated in the Western world over the last 150, 200 years, basically not to think about God. Mm. You know, when you look at the educational system in America, men like John Dewey back in the late 1800s, these were humanists. Uh, now people get tangled up with secular humanism what all is that was well, very simple it's secular versus supernatural and it's focuses on human beings instead of on god dewey and some of these people basically do not believe there was a god they don't believe the supernatural exists they don't believe that there's such thing as right and wrong and this is where most of our media has been educated today so when we bring up the idea, maybe God is involved with this, what well, sounds strange because we don't, we've not been educated to think about God in those aspects.
0: Right. So it's not like you hear a meteorologist saying, uh, well, it looks like God is really upset with uh, this particular country today, uh, here and there, and, and very, at least I haven't heard it. I don't know what news programs you all have been watching. I haven't heard any of them say that. So uh, let me turn back to you. So what you're saying is uh, God does cause storms like this? I might just be clarifying something you've already said, but is it that he doesn't cause storms like this? Is it that is he should we see him as actively throwing these particular hurricanes at us or is it a matter of why well, it's just happening and he's sort of sitting back watching how how would you so if someone's asking someone in houston say maybe someone who's viewing right now by the way before i forget if you are on facebook uh youtube feel free and leave us comments facebook in particular uh the wonderful crew in the control room will do their best to send those questions to us and and our esteemed panel will do our best to answer them if we can. But someone in Houston who's asking themselves, here I am soaked, my house is destroyed. Did God do this to me? Did God send Harvey on me? And they're examining their lives. How should they answer that question? Well, how should they think about a question like that?
1: You know, there's a couple of things I think we need to think about. Mr. Weston mentioned this earlier, that God says numerous times, if you obey me, you're going to be blessed. I'm going to bless you. And if you turn away from me, you forget me, then there are going to be consequences. You know, Even just looking at some of the physical things, we may be dealing with a certain amount of physical phenomena here. But whenever you build a large city on a floodplain, you know, God says, I'm going to let your own things come back on you. You've sown the, win- the, the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind. You're going to have to face the consequences of your decision. So if we start building big cities on floodplains, it's just a matter of time until something's going to be flooded. The other thing that some of these articles bring out, they have paved over uh, uh, wet areas. They've also paved over the prairie. And these are areas that normally absorb water. Mm. So when you build on a floodplain and then you cover up areas that normally absorb water, there are going to be natural consequences to that.
0: Right, and that actually brings up something I could ask both of you about because I, it seems to me this is an important consideration, is that God seems to work with individuals to be sure, working, I pray with each of us and with our families, but also on a national level. Uh, is it conceivable that you yourself can be a, uh, strive to, to seek God, to seek Him in your life, to seek Jesus Christ's instructions in your life, and still get, caught up in all of this. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Does it uh, do bad things like this sometimes happen to good people, or is it is it just really a big giant stamp of disapproval on every individual in a place like this?
2: You know, if you go back to the very beginning, a lot of people ridicule the uh, the story of, of Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. but we did come from some place. St- there was a starting place, right. the first ad- man and first woman. And they chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They said, "We want to determine for ourselves what is right and what is wrong." Mm-hmm. And the end result of that was that God said, "Okay, you you can do that, but you're on your own." And I think that a lot of the things that we have have uh, that we see happening are simply a matter of, uh, of time and chance, mm. uh, w- where God has taken his hand off of mankind, allowed these things, because it isn't just the United States, it's all over the world that we have these cyclones, uh, typhoons, and various things like that. It's the result of man uh, not trusting God. A- and yet God can move these storms out into the Atlantic or the Pacific or wherever he wants to. All he has to do is, with his little finger, touch them, and they'll go wherever he wants them to. So he's withdrawn his hand from us, but he allows these things to correct us. And uh, there are times perhaps when he does cause certain events to occur. Uh, We don't always know, but we know that in the case of Job, uh, he took his hands off and let uh, Satan uh, flick Job for a a particular reason. Mm. So uh, I think it's a combination of factors there, and I think that sometimes we we look for a, a single answer, and it's not always there. But we know that God controls the overall picture of things. In fact, we have a, a booklet, uh, God uh, Who Controls the Weather,
0: and God does have control over all the weather. Right. I, we were talking about actually the title of that booklet earlier. One of the things that's really neat about it is it doesn't necessarily say uh, that He is specifically causing this and that. Sometimes in the natural course of events, something is occurring. So who do you go to? Calling the weatherman and saying, you know, I really didn't order a hurricane today. Could you please <laughs> take that back or get my money back? You know, Amazon has a return policy. Uh, but, Who actually can make a difference? Who do we uh, appeal to if we need uh, help and and and, uh, a resource and and assistance and who controls the weather really answers that?
1: Yeah, the Bible talks about God being our protector. and You may Mm -hmm. be living in a very uh, difficult situation, you may be living in a nation that has uh, a lot of things going wrong, but you can still pray as an individual to God to watch over me, protect me, and these things actually Mm -hmm. happen.
0: Mm Right. I think that's, uh, I appreciate the encouragement because we do, there are so many places on earth. We talk about, actually, one thing I want to get to in terms of these uh, building in areas that are flood prone, like, like you're talking about, uh, there are places where some of that's the only house they can afford. In fact, Mr. Weston, you were making an observation about uh, some of these flooded areas in Houston. Uh, what was that? It had to do with uh, uh, income levels or something.
2: Yes, they uh, began building houses on the floodplains, or areas that are prone to flooding, and uh, they were not the high-scale houses in general, mm. uh, as a general statement. Uh, obviously, there m- may have been some, but uh, sadly, some of the poorer people end up in these, these areas, and uh, <coughs> we see that all over the earth in, in reality. Right. Uh, people that are poor, the land is cheaper, and there's a reason it's cheaper,
0: and uh, that's where they end up uh, living. It reminds me of uh, Abraham giving Lot his choice of which land he wanted. He chose the better land. Uh, you know, today, the better land is chosen by those who can afford the better land, and it's the rest of us living in the uh, dangerous areas.
1: You know, one of the problems in Houston, too, is apparently they had uh, did not require people to have flood insurance. Uh, just, just looking at this from a very interesting, I think, an interesting standpoint, we're living in a time when we don't believe there are right, there's right and wrong. We, we can bend the laws to do this and that there are physical laws that the earth operates on. Uh, Whenever you break uh, ethical laws, and then you start breaking physical laws, there's gonna be consequences for that. As far as um, homes, we actually, when we were living in Phoenix, we looked at a a very nice home. It was a new subdivision being built, and I thought, wow, these are really good prices. And (laughs) I looked around, and they were in (laughs) the floodplain just below a dam, and I thought, I'm not going to buy a house here.
0: (laughs) No wonder they're good prices.
1: It doesn't rain that often in the desert, but when it does, those things are there to control floods. But if you're living there, overflows the dam or something breaks, it's going to take out all of those houses. So they allowed developers to build decent homes in a very vulnerable area.
0: Right. There's a reason the products in the dollar store are in the dollar store, uh, you know, if you've ever... I, I do shop at dollar stores from time to time. Okay, now let me let me go in this direction. You've brought up natural laws, Dr. Mm-hmm. Winnell. You've brought up the cause of these things. Allow me to put a hat on I won't normally wear. Uh, what about global climate change? I mean, you talk about sin and the rest. That's fine. But aren't we just <laughs> violating global climate laws or pumping fluorocarbons into the air and all the other bad things we can do to the environment. Is that possibly causing all of this? Because I have seen article after article that is highlighting Harvey is a cautionary tale concerning what happens when mankind messes with the environment. That perhaps all this would go away if we would just love the earth a little more uh, and stop polluting it in the way we are, that global climate change is where we should be focusing. I can only guess you both have comments on this. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mr. Weston, any comments?
2: Yes, uh, this is a a subject that has great emotion behind it. And yet, uh, we don't always look at things from a historical perspective. I think Dr. Wanael and I are certainly old enough to remember back in the 70s when they were talking about global cooling and disaster that was going to come upon the Earth because of global cooling. I, at least I remember yeah, that, and uh, so uh, I'm just as
1: old. Yeah. Wow, the <laughs> '70s—that's You've got amazing. a year too. I me.
2: but that—that uh, that was a big deal back then. Uh, even the church got caught up in that a little bit, and hmm. and yet now it—it it, it went to global warming, and then they say, well, is climate change? Well, climate does change all the time, and they call people who do not believe in this global warming or climate change, climate change <clears throat> deniers. Right, used but to be skeptics, but now skeptics. they move to the
0: word deniers, it's a stronger and, word. And right? they're
2: the ones that in reality are denying the fact that weather does change. I have an article here uh, from Stanford University, Warmer Days and Longer Lives, History Demonstrates that Warmer is Healthier. And then it points out a fact that is a very well-known fact amongst uh, anybody that studies history, says from around 800 A.D. to 1200 or 1300, the globe warmed again considerably and civilization prospered. Virtually all of northern Europe, the British Isles, Scandinavia, Greenland, and Iceland, were considerably warmer than at present. The Mediterranean, the Near East, and North Africa, including the Sahara, received more rainfall than they do today. During this period of the High Middle Ages, most of North America also enjoyed better weather. In the early centuries of the epoch, China experienced higher temperatures and a more clement uh, climate. From Western Europe to China, East Asia, India, and the Americas, mankind flourished as never before. Uh, they had better crops. For whatever reason, they were healthier. They were able to get out, I suppose, more. Uh, I lived in in Canada for 13 and a half years and in Michigan for nine years. And I'll tell you, we would have loved a little bit warmer weather. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the point I'm making is that from a historical perspective, we want to look at things from a a very short period of time. Uh, Mr. Gore, uh, when he was, uh, his particular movie went back 150 or 200 years. An Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient Truth. But you go back a thousand years and you have a
0: different story. Hmm. Dr. Roanelle, any thoughts?
1: Pretty much the same thing. Uh, climate has changed in the past, but not so much to human efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, I forget the exact dates, 12, 1300, it was a mini ice age. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> we weren't doing a That's lot right. to the environment at that time, but now we are. Mm-hmm. There's, there's bound to be some impact of human activities, uh, whether it's gonna be global, whether it's gonna be regional. We're gonna have to watch on those things. But we do need to live within the guidelines that God has given us. We need to live within the natural laws. We need to take care of the earth. But whether or not uh, the human activities are actually doing uh, behind what's happening today, I think remains to to be seen, remains to be proven. If it was that clear, we wouldn't have the controversy (laughs) that we have today.
2: Hmm. So, Of course, much much of that controversy is uh, uh, one side wants to shut down any opposition to even... Question the whole, whole concept, right? And I think that that's very important for us to realize that uh, We don't have all the answers But uh, there are those who think that there's only one answer to all this and I think from a historical perspective uh, There's a lot of reason
0: to question it. Well, let me ask if y'all agree with me because this this is something I've thought before uh, Global climate change uh, Whether true or false whether let me say this whether man-made or not has become, in a lot of ways, sort of a substitute religion, I think, for a lot of people. It's interesting, we talk about sort of over-prophesying, I just I want to put it that way, maybe over-pointing uh, to this tornado, God made that specific tornado, God made that specific hurricane, uh, as opposed to this broader picture that God controls the weather. Yes, he can send those things as punishment. He also has the ability to protect from, from natural processes. How many people want to appeal to sort of this overall idea where global... Uh, climate change causes everything. It causes more storms. it, It causes fewer storms. It seems to be causing everything. For some people, it seems to be something they can wrap up, that they can put the burden of, we need to change in these ways versus believing in a God of heaven. The change there is moral. If you really want to bring God on your side in that way, if there's a real God, it's a moral change versus climate change, which requires no morality of you at all. Have you seen any sense of that, of it being sort of a substitute religion for people?
2: Well I I think it very much is. Uh, There's a a fervency about this Mm. and when you get a lot of politicians involved in things you have to ask the question, uh, what is the motive? And there's a lot of money in all this when it comes right down to it. There's a lot of politics uh, that's involved. And I would say, uh, based on the scriptures, that we're suffering more from climate problems because of our behaviors, our immorality our disregard for God's law. That is a far greater uh, cause of our problems than uh, the fact that we turn on our lights at night. Hmm. Uh, I I think that God intended for man to be able to inhabit this earth in a a positive way, and yes, we do have to take care of things, but uh, our our immorality is a much bigger problem.
1: I want to come back to your question again about a substitute religion, I think Hmm. that's there really is something to that. and I want to take this again back to the secular humanism idea that they don't believe in a God. Carl Sagan, uh, the astronomer, has written a lot and he made a comment in one of the things I was reading recently. He says, um, uh, what was it? He said, we do not have a cosmic uh, father that's going to save us. We have to save ourselves. So whenever we see global warming, we we see things happening. We're trying to explain it from a human perspective, not from God's perspective. So we've got to do something by ourselves to save us from this problem that we see. So it does become a substitute religion. We're trusting in human efforts.
0: Right. It's almost a, a substitute religion with a, with a different set of commandments in terms of recycling and the rest, but nothing that actually makes any demands of you morally in terms of uh, right or wrong or God's, or God's eyes. Uh, but backing up to some of the impacts that mankind has on himself for these choices, and, and keying off what you said, uh, Dr. Miller, let me wrap that up, that both of what you said, that even if, say, global climate change were causing these storms, none of these storms are bigger than God. Uh, God could, at a moment, turn Irma away, turn another away, and then say, by the way, you guys need to recycle more, right? Uh, You know, the way to appeal to God isn't by throwing that that aluminum can in a particular bin so much as getting your life right with Jesus Christ and getting your act together. But both of you have mentioned that we do make certain choices. Uh, And we are, in terms of our reporting, everything really is different. We want to talk about other sorts of disasters as well, not just hurricanes today. Uh, Floods, droughts, fires, famine. It does seem as though, again, maybe it's just me, uh, but I I have heard others say this as well, that we're hearing more about them. It seems like there's a flood here, there's a flood there, there's fires raging in all these places. Does human activity play any kind of role in these increases uh, beyond our sins, or is it just the reporting? Why does it seem as though we're hearing so much more about these things? You talk about the 70s. I'll fess up. I was a whole single-digit age throughout the seventies, and uh, oh, no, wait—the seven, yeah, the seventies. Born nineteen seventy. <clears throat> I'm the young guy up here. It feels pretty good. And it just seems like maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I'm hearing more about these things now. What should we think about the constant flow of news concerning these sorts of disasters?
1: Well, anyway. we do have a lot more reporting today. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up back in the sixties, uh, late fifties. Wow. We had, you know, television would actually go off about 10 o'clock, and you see a, a, a test pattern. That's all you saw. There was no television all night long. Play the national anthem at the end, play right? Play the national, national Play the anthem? national anthem. I remember that. Uh, you just couldn't, you, we weren't watching all the world, but we have got satellites. We've got everything. We've got instant news coming mm. at us, so we didn't hear much about what was happening in Africa or Asia or someplace way off. We, we just heard what was happening in our local area. So we are inundated more with some of these things today, which is part of it.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember uh, my father when I would bring up a particular event, well, say that it's just better reporting. But, but it is better reporting, as, as Dr. Winnell pointed out, because we're, we're actually going out looking for these things today. We, we've had this population explosion. And so many people have moved into vulnerable parts of the, uh, the world, uh, low-lying areas, building up uh, tall buildings on, on beaches and this type of thing. But uh, as we move forward with computers and everything else that we have today, they are actually going out looking for these things. Mm. And so events that would have been considered small right. uh, 50 years ago now are <clears throat> considered big, and the criteria for a natural disaster. Uh, They have specific criteria, and those things have changed over time. Before it was just a big event. Now they say, well, if so many people died, or if a certain amount of money was spent, then that's considered a natural disaster. So uh, there's a certain amount of that. Right.
1: You know, there's another thing, too. We are concentrating people in large urban areas Mm -hmm. today, and if they're in a floodplain or they're near an earthquake zone or something, uh, anciently, people were spread out. Mm-hmm. And when something happened, it didn't impact millions and millions and millions of people. Uh, we think Los Angeles, with its size, and New York are, are large. But when you look at some of the size of some of these cities in India, some of these cities sure, in yeah. South America, yeah, Mexico Asia, yeah. 40 million, 50 million, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people to put in one area. And if it's in a vulnerable area, it's going to be a disaster. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And I think I want to make it clear that we're not saying God can't use these things and doesn't use these things or will use those things. And we'll certainly come around to that uh, later on in the program. But we do have a question, uh, and I'd like to actually have a couple of questions, at least, at least get this one. We've talked about God using these things. Uh, here's a question from Facebook. Does God allow Satan to use natural disasters to discourage us? A uh, question from one of our viewers. Either uh, you want to take that, Mr. Weston?
2: Well, certainly the subject of Job yeah. in the Bible, I think that just leaps out at us, that, Satan al- that God allowed Satan to test him, to try him to, to help develop a character in Job because he had a character flaw, and so God allowed Satan to do that. So I, I don't think that we always know the answer to everything, whether God is just allowing time and chance, whether God actually caused something, uh, as, as we have even in scriptures where he brought about uh, a, uh, a famine or something like that, or whether he just simply allowed Satan to do it. Uh, but I think that we always like to find an answer. Right. I, I noticed on uh, one of the articles I was was looking up that this is a topic that a lot of people are talking about. Right. And and here was one person that said, uh, uh, prophetic law is always consistently proclaimed Solar eclipses are omens and warnings of very bad things to come. This person is mm. thinking because of the solar eclipse that this is why we have these hurricanes happening right mm, now. Right. And so then there are others that have different ideas on it. But uh, people are wondering about this. what What is the cause of uh, these disasters that are taking place? And I think that there's a multitude of, of causes. But obviously God is in control. And, and I think we have to to recognize that that he can either cause it or allow it uh, or uh, allow Satan to do something.
1: Okay. I think it's a mistake, too, today for people to think that, well, that was Job and that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You right. know, it well. doesn't happen that way today. But when you read the Bible, you read the prophecies, God is going to correct entire nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the nations that have been blessed incredibly are going to bear the brunt of that. So we have an example with Job as one person. But the the Bible indicates God is going to be dealing with nations and teach nations lessons, and he he will use the the weather to do that.
2: And you look at the economic consequence to the United States of Houston, that whole area. I used to live down in Pasadena, Texas, just uh, a short distance from Houston, a suburb in in effect, and there's so much petrochemical activity in that area, and you have all those uh, derricks and... and, uh, uh, platforms out in the Gulf, and who knows how, what the damage was there. But if this hits, if Irma hits Miami, that's going to have a huge economic impact on this country, and God is going to bring our country down because of our sins, not not because of global warming, but because of our sins,
0: and uh, that's, right. that's going to happen. And that's a perspective on, on uh, something we've all said here. We talk about the, the lack of wisdom in mankind in terms of building population centers in dangerous areas and filling floodplains with people and building high-rises with no particular protection against earthquakes in earthquake-prone areas, sort of uh, gambling and throwing the dice, that if you had a a people that were seeking their God, He can protect against those things while He's educating you. It's one of the the topics my children and I have talked about in my family, that the world needs God not just for... uh, uh, not just for blessings and such but even to educate because he can he can see down the line as we're building in these areas he can say let me explain to you why that's not wise you don't realize it but every 500 years this area needs a good brush fire or this or that and he has this kind of foresight but mankind is determined to rule himself and always figure out his own ways of living figure out his own morality uh, and so we've sort of uh, kicked God out of things well you know
2: Mr. Smith it, it, it is interesting <laughs> that uh, we do know in many cases they say that this is a hundred year flood or this is a 500 year flood or a thousand year flood we actually know that but it's our own greed Mm, that creates that problem in spite of those facts we we do that and then we channel all of our water in too many cases (laughs) with uh, uh, levees and dikes we channel it into a certain area whereas prior to that time it would flood certain areas and spread out, and now we channel it until there's no place else for it to go, and and suddenly it breaks a dike and we have a disaster.
1: You know, Mr. Weston was mentioning in the beginning about uh, God put Adam and Eve in a garden. He didn't put them in a high-rise in a huge (laughs) urban area, and there's consequences to that. There's an interesting scripture in Isaiah 5 where it talks about, woe to those who join house to house, you know, I've been in some villages in Africa, they got a straw roof, and if there's an earthquake there, <laughs> the straw comes down on you, maybe a couple of boards, mm. but that's about it. But when you stack things things up 70, 80 stories high, and they're stacked together and stacked on top of each other, you know, it's interesting, whenever they do earthquake studies, they actually see these buildings moving with a harmonic. One floor mm. doesn't move very much, and one does. We went through an earthquake in Pasadena right after our first son was born. My wife was nursing the baby. Um, <clears throat> we were on the first floor. The people on the second floor, we were on the first floor, not even our bookcases fell over. People hmm. on the second floor, everything was thrown all over the place. You know, so when you start stacking these things up and then this happens, there's going to be catastrophes. But again, we're, we're going contrary to the way God designed us to live.
2: You know, that that brings up a thought that yesterday we were having lunch in the the lunchroom, and one of the fellows who lived in Florida and has gone through a number of uh, tornadoes, not tornadoes, but hurricanes, Hmm. brought up the fact that when we speak of 180, 185 mile an hour winds, that's at uh, ground level, and you have these high-rise buildings in Miami that are 20 or 30 stories high or whatever the, the height is, and the wind at those elevations are much greater. So the damage can be so much greater when you stack them up like that.
1: Mm. Yeah, we were having dinner one time in a John Hancock building in Chicago. And I'm sitting there looking out the window, and I see the other (laughs) building disappearing around the corner. (laughs) And I asked the waiter, I said, how much does this building move? And she said, oh, up here it moves three or four feet Mm. whenever the wind blows. Now, that's just a normal day, the wind off of the lake up there. But in 175-mile-an-hour winds, Mm. things are going to be even more than that. Now, these are steel and glass buildings Mm. that actually have that much movement as you get that far off the ground. Wow,
0: wow. Oh, that's terrifying. I didn't need to know things like that. I think I'm going to be stopping on the fourth floor, or fifth floor <laughs> next time I, I go up. Uh, let me actually transition to a topic that several of you <coughs> have brought up now, and that is earthquakes. We hear a lot of people sometimes claim that, uh, oh, earthquakes are really increasing all over the world. You know, take a look at the map and using that as a sign of Jesus Christ's imminent return. Don't get me wrong, there are many signs of Jesus Christ's imminent return. Uh, get our booklet, 14 signs announcing Christ's return, one of our most popular booklets, actually. But that said, let's talk about earthquakes, because I've heard people uh, disagree with that, the <clears throat> idea of increasing earthquakes, and i have tried to be open to the evidence, because you don't want to overextend yourself and go, yeah, that's true. You want to look at the data, but there was this uh, great... Article I think it was reported by NBC. I'll correct that if I'm wrong. I do think it was NBC. It was actually back in 2014, but they were looking at some of these things. It's a bit old. It's October 25th, 2014. But the title was Worldwide Surge in Great Earthquakes Seen in Past 10 years. Uh, so this wasn't just some uh, fly-by-night or NBC. There we go. Worldwide surge in great earthquakes seen in past 10 years. And I'll just quote one particular part uh, here where it says in the about fourth paragraph, if we look at Earth, all earthquake magnitudes, the past 10 years is not unusual in terms of the rate of events. The rate increases are just seen for events with magnitudes larger than 7.5 or so. Uh, This suggests that great events were catching up on the plate boundary motions in several regions with fortuitous similar timing. So before I actually get into the details of this particular topic, uh, you guys have lived in places I haven't. I, I lived in Texas until I was part of the ministry and moving around, but some of you guys have actually lived in California (laughs) and growing up in Texas I expected half of California to drop into the ocean at any moment maybe being there because of the sins there some of y'all might have thought it happened any moment too have you ever experienced personally an earthquake? Any of you in your time there If so uh, inform us? What, what
1: was it like? I think I just described that we went through an earthquake right after our first son was born, and it was, it was sobering because things begin to shake, and you normally think it's going to stop, but then mm. it doesn't. It keeps on going, mm-hmm. uh, and it's out of, totally out of your control. Uh, so it's, it's a very unnerving experience. Mm.
0: Mr. Weston, any
1: personal earthquake?
2: Well, I, I can't really... Uh, say that I've experienced anything of significance. I did live in Alaska when we had a few small ones, uh, and also in California. But uh, it's interesting that you, you don't exactly know what's happening sometimes when it first starts. You just kind of feel sometimes a little bit woozy, and uh, other times it's one bolt. And uh, it's hard, hard to say, but you know, God speaks of great earthquakes that are mm-hmm. going to take place. I, I would say this article, which I have in front of me as well, It only goes back 10 years, uh, and there has been that increase. And I think that that's the the danger that we have of of not overreacting and saying that every time there's a a slight increase in something, this must be a sign of Christ's return. Uh, And yet at the same time, we cannot deny the fact that the Bible makes it clear that there will be uh, increases in earthquakes and other natural disasters. So, uh, again, I think that what we need to look at, not so much in in earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes, but what is our moral behavior? Mm. I, I think that that is a greater sign. That's a more sure sign that God is not going to put up with this forever. Right.
1: You know, people want to grab one scripture, for example, in Luke 21, it talks about great earthquakes. But that verse is only one of many verses. Uh You know, Jesus said, look for this and this and this and this and Mm. this and this. And great earthquakes are just one of those things. It's talking about we're going to come to a point in time where unless Jesus Christ returns, no flesh would be saved on this earth. And we're watching uh, this individual in North Korea is setting off nuclear Uh, explosions, and Mm -hmm. he's talking about setting off missiles that may uh, explode in the atmosphere and uh, wipe out all our electrical grids. I mean, this is just one other thing that's happening along with a bunch of other things. And Jesus said, watch. And he said, watch for specific things. He didn't say, I'm coming back, I'm not going to let you know when I'm coming, you know, you're going to wake up and you're all going to be gone. He didn't say that. He said, you watch for a series of things, and when you see all these things coming together, then you better be alert. The big right. picture. The big right.
0: picture. Yeah. <clears throat> actually, let me, let me then confirm with this, the, the thought I had. And this relates to a question that was actually asked on Facebook. Uh, someone had asked, uh, the signs that we should see in the heavens, the Bible talks about preceding Jesus Christ's return, uh, will those be uh, just natural signs for which there's a natural explanation? Or would they be supernatural? Should we, would they be obviously supernatural signs?
2: well i don 't know if they 're natural or supernatural, but the timing of it is going to be uh, supernatural right. but these are not uh, eclipses like we just had uh, these are These are signs that are going to terrify people. People are going to be hiding out in caves and uh, under under rocks if they can find one it 's going to terrify people the, the rich and the poor the the strong and the weak. So these are things that the Bible talks about that are far greater than any of these quote natural signs like eclipses that some people look at.
1: Right. I think this gets back to the quote or the article that you read in the very beginning about Irma is mm-hmm. is almost to the limits. Mm-hmm. When you read what's going to happen in, in uh, Revelation, Irma may be child's play. Mm-hmm, Whenever right. those things actually begin to happen, um, is it's going to. Is going to really sober people. Uh, I think
0: you would agree that if anyone can exceed the theoretical limits of our models, it's it's God, right? <laughs> I think I think we're all pretty firm on that. Then let me check my understanding with you, with each of you, from what you've said. You look at the, the things to come and they're superlatives. We're exp- like The Bible describes one of the earthquakes at the end as moving every mountain and island out of its place, just on a global scale, and then eventually things will reach such a crescendo. What we should expect is for those things to grow for larger and larger things, for which perhaps there's a natural explanation, because really everything that happens, mankind's going to be looking for a godless explanation as long as he can. But I would say if you're waiting for that kind of earthquake that moves every mountain and island out of its place, you're probably too late. Uh, you've, you've been ignoring all the other signs, including God's comment about our, our spiritual condition. Uh, before we wrap up, and we're getting close to doing that, let me mention that we have viewers from uh, Sri Lanka, Norway, South Africa, Ohio, and as far away as Texas in the United States. So I uh, hope they've been understanding the, the English we've been giving. I have been speaking in, in Texan. Um, oh, interesting! I just have a note. I actually wasn't aware of this. Perhaps that uh, President Trump has called uh, called last weekend for a day of prayer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wasn't aware about that. Any question on Facebook? Any uh, YouTube question? Actually, any thoughts about that? About Mr. Trump's request for a day of prayer?
1: I think we need it.
0: <laughs> I think we need it. I would say if you're waiting for Mr. Trump to ask for a day of prayer, you're you're a little late. You're a little slow uh, on the ball. But it's it's a nice thing to hear.
2: Well, it's certainly something that we can pray about. Sure. I'm sure that some people would even want to fast about it with this uh, Hurricane Irma because it truly can be uh, horrendously devastating. And you know, we, we talk about these events, but the, the personal, individual uh, heartache and suffering that people go through, in, in 93, uh, we had the, the Great Flood, the Great Midwest Flood, and a number of us went out to try to help some people, and we ran into an individual in this small town. The town was almost empty, it had been flooded out. He had gone through a flood in the spring of the year. A small tornado had come through that town mm. and affected him. And then he was down in Florida for a while, and a tornado hit there, small one again. He survived it. And then the, the, the great flood. And when you, you see somebody like that, it was like all the wind was just out of him. He, he, mm. he was so discouraged. <clears throat> and just thankful that somebody could help out. So I think that we, we can do things on an individual basis, but we, we certainly do need to be praying about this because the, these are human lives. These are individuals that are suffering during these events. Yeah.
1: You know, we're talking about individuals being protected. But you know, when you read through the scriptures, a couple of scriptures in Jeremiah, where God is basically saying, you have turned your back on me. Mm-hmm. And he says uh, here in Jeremiah 7 verse 16, therefore do not pray for this people, nor lift up your cry or prayer, because basically I'm not going to answer. Mm-hmm. You have done what you're going to do, and I'm going to correct you as a people. Mm-hmm. I blessed you, I've protected you, you turned your back on me, and now there are going to be consequences. You know, you read in, in uh, <clears throat> Ezekiel, one of the phrases that's probably used 50 or 60 times and talk about prophecies are going to impact our nations today when i start to do this they will know that i am god we got people today that don't believe that God exists. They don't understand how He operates. He's a God of love, but He's also a God of justice. He sees what we're doing. We've turned our back upon Him, and there are going to be consequences. So the human beings can learn a very vital lesson. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I'm mm-hmm. reminded of Abraham when he knew, and he knew without a doubt because God was explicit with him. God said, I'm, I'm doing these things, was going to bring destruction on Sodom and Gomorrah he was motivated to intercede, but it was interesting when you read the details of his words. He talks about, you know, would you spare the city for for, for uh-huh. a, a 10, even 10 righteous people or so. Uh, there was still at least a, a default to mercy, but a willingness to to comprehend and to embrace the fact that God has to make these calls. Uh, I, I do appreciate your, your comment, Mr. Weston and Dr. Winnell that it's easy to get caught up on whether these are prophetic events or not. You know, can I check this off my list of something that's happened in prophecy (laughs) and then lose sight of the fact that there are human beings in the path of this. It's not just some sort of theoretical circumstance. It's not just pages in our scriptures, but it's uh, people made in God's image that God cares very much about. And I do hope, I know we've been talking about a lot, that all of the people in the path of Irma Uh, Are in our prayers. And there are those people that, like Daniel and the three men that came to be known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were apparently righteous individuals in their nation, but surrounded by a nation of of sin and uh, uh, rebellion against God, uh, had to suffer along with that. But individually, in their own ways, God was still able to work with them and bless them for their own individual faithfulness. Though, on a national level, which I think you've emphasized really helpfully, Dr. Winnell, God is working with with nations as well. Uh, we really do need to, to wrap this up. Last question. I like the way they worded it, actually, uh, for the program. What on earth is going on? Uh, help all of us as we're, as we're leaving the program today to have some way to wrap our minds around what we're currently experiencing with all of these weather disasters, etc. Uh, give, give us something to take home from all of this. Uh, Dr. Winnell, how about we start with you?
1: One of the lessons that God wants us to learn that He is real that he cares, he loves us. The whole message, pretty much the Old Testament, is that you've been blessed as a people. I want you to obey me because you'll be blessed. Things will go better. And when we forget God, there are consequences. We are forgetting God today in many, many, many ways. And as an individual, I think our job is, or our opportunity is to get closer to God stick our nose in this book, to pray to God, to learn to live his way of life because it really does work and it, re- it brings blessings.
2: The, uh, the prophecy in Matthew 24, the Olivet prophecy, when Jesus speaks of earthquakes and so forth, uh, he says these are the beginning of sorrows. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to realize that we haven't seen anything yet. What's coming on Mankind is going to be so shocking so uh, so dramatic. Uh, I think that uh, God has to get our attention and it's actually out of love because we have spit in his face we've turned our back on him as, as nations and as peoples and uh, We are made in his image. He has a great plan a great purpose for us to be you know part of his very family in the resurrection and so uh, He has to get our attention and like any father he's going to spank us and it's going to be painful. But I think we do need to remember to, to pray for one another. There are people here who truly are trying to, to know God, and I think we have to uh, consider that and, and remember those individuals. But we're all going to suffer along with uh, the, the nation. As a nation suffers, we're going to suffer as well, to some degree.
0: Right. It sounds like people who focus so much on will did God cause this particular hurricane, or did the devil cause this one? So I should care about it or not? All of these, whether they're they're natural, etc. When should a hurricane not point us towards the Creator? When should a hurricane not point us towards the God that we should be seeking and being mindful of the things that that we should do? Uh, I, I hope all of us out there we're we're thinking of you out there uh, in Florida and even. I don't know if y'all have noticed, at least the Walmarts and stuff, they're really stacking up with hurricane supplies even, mm-hmm. even here. Uh, you're all certainly on our minds, and I want to thank uh, Mr. Weston and Dr. Winnale for participating today in the program. Uh, please check out everything we have available at tomorrowsworld.org. Follow us on Facebook, and uh, that's it here. We'll see you at the same time next week.
1: Mm-hmm. All right.